0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? It's the fifth episode of the Average to Savage podcast. I got another special guest with me today, Brittany Wagner from Last Chance U. How's it going, Brittany? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. So, could you give us a brief introduction to yourself?
1: counselor from Last Chance U Seasons 1 and 2, um, which is how most people know me. I guess I've also worked in college athletics prior to filming the show for probably about 15 years um, as an, in several different roles, but at primarily as an athletic academic counselor. And I'm now the founder of 10,000 Pencils and um, the Last Chance Foundation, basically doing the same thing that I was doing on the show, but just not um, working for an institution anymore, working for myself instead.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so you were on season one and two of Last Chance You. So what was it like being on the show and what was it like becoming one of the stars of the show?
1: I mean, filming the show, like I I really didn't know, season two is definitely different from season one, but Mm -hmm. season one, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, I've never been on a TV show. I've never been around like filming really of anything. So I don't know that I fully understood like what was about to happen. It was fun, I mean, there were definitely moments of fun and, and it was exciting just to be, to know, you know, that they were filming, that they cared and that they were filming my work and my job. And um, I loved the crew, the guys that, the cameraman men and sound techs and producers, and I really liked them. So I, I think that was really important. I enjoyed being around them on a daily basis. Um, so that was kind of fun just having you know those different personalities around and people around in my office and stuff that was kind of fun at times and then you know I you you do it for a while and it's fun and it's exciting and it's new and then you know I don't know about a couple of months in, you're like oh
0: the camera's on you every, around. every day and yeah. all
1: day and they follow me everywhere and you know, I mean, you definitely have your moments where you just want everyone to go away and, yes. you know, in your moments where you're questioning like, oh my gosh, are people going to like me? Is this going to be successful? Like, what, what am I doing? You know, why did I agree to this? Yes. I mean, I think you're kind of all over the place when you're filming something like that. And, um, I had no idea that it would be, that the show itself would be as successful as it has been. And I. Yes definitely had no idea that i would be you know quote unquote the star of it i never expected that
0: so so it was weird when uh cameras started following you around
1: yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's weird to, you know, you just would like, I would get up from my desk and you you try, I tried really hard to just be myself and do my normal routine. But I mean, it is, it's weird when you get up from your desk and you're just walking to the admissions office to ask a question and five people are following you, you know, or when you yeah. are going to eat in the cafeteria and you're sitting down with coaches or a friend to eat and cameras are filming you. putting every bite of the you know greasy hamburger in your mouth and it's just odd and they came to my house and filmed me It didn't really make the show but I mean they filmed me kind of going about my daily routine with Kennedy like on a Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday and that's weird you know I remember going to a pumpkin patch with her to pick out like our Halloween pumpkin and getting out of the car and like six people jump out of white vans and you know and they're following me to the pumpkin patch and all the people that are working at this pumpkin patch are looking at me like what like what is going on who are you (laughs) (laughs) what is going on (laughs) um i mean that's weird you know it's weird for everybody it's uncomfortable um you try to play it off and just be as normal as possible but it's not it's not normal to be followed around with cameras you know, every second of your life.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So would you say um, season one was more raw than season two?
1: I think overall, I think it would be unfair to pretend like it wasn't. I mean, well, I, you know, I, I do think season two was still real, and I think yeah. we were all really – that that happened, and it was genuine, and we were being ourselves. Um, but I think it would be unfair to say that just the success of season one didn't alter season two. I mean, it was definitely harder. I, I do feel like there were some guys on the team that maybe – Maybe you just came to East Mississippi to be famous, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was a little bit harder to deal with, just the personalities of season two. Um, and you just, you know, you have your moments where, well, with season two, I mean, I was dealing with, people don't realize, but I mean, season one came out in July we started school in August. So the guys reported in August, we're starting a whole nother group, a whole nother season, a whole nother year. And we're filming season two. And on top of all of that, i'm being bombarded with interview requests you know um business opportunities just all kinds of people wanting to driving to scuba just to take a picture of me i mean it got to the point where i couldn't answer my phone i was getting hundreds of emails a day so i think there was just a lot going on Mm -hmm. in the filming of season two that maybe you know fans don't really know about Um, And a lot of it was just because of the success of season
0: one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you still keep in contact with players from uh, East Mississippi?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I think we're all, you know, people, are, we have our own lives, and mm-hmm. we, we all definitely, you know, we're two years out from season one. And so yeah. we've, all, I think we've all kind of moved on in a way. Yeah. Um, and we all kind of have our own things going on. But I definitely keep up with a lot of the guys, even before we started filming the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys that you didn't see on the show, I keep, I keep in contact with because I've just, yeah. that's just kind of what I've always done. But, um, I talked to John Franklin quite a bit, Ollie, um, Dakota from season two. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, you know, Tim Bonner and Chauncey and I will. So, yeah, the ones that you saw me close to in season one and season two, I, I still
0: communicate with. Yeah, actually, I think it would be cool. I don't know if it's possible if they could do it. If it was like, you know, how, like the season comes out the season after. Yeah. It would be cool if it was like live but obviously it'd be hard for like editing and production and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: you know, one thing that I think would be interesting if, if they would do it is to get us all on us like all in the same room together and show clips and let us just sit around and talk about it because yeah.
0: yeah. They do that with they, other shows. They should do that.
1: Yeah, I think that would be really fun mm-hmm. because one thing, you know, the show came out and by the time it came out we were all other so I mean the players had moved on you know I was still there obviously after season one but I mean Mm. we saw the show and we never we were never around each other again to talk about it and so to this day we have not all sat down in a room and discussed our thoughts or like the funny things that happened before or after a scene that didn't get caught on camera or you know we, we we haven't been able to sit down in a room and discuss what we think about the show with each other um which i think that would be a very interesting conversation because i think we all kind of have differing ideas and opinions
0: yeah and i definitely seen netflix do that with other shows and have the talks and Q and A's and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why they haven't. Um, they should definitely do that. You no, know, I do think in season three, there is like a, where are they now episode. Yeah. Um, So I am told, um, which, uh, you know, we're all in it. They, they came back and filmed all of us, um, but it's separately. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'd be cool to get us all together.
0: Gotcha. So how about, isn't it crazy that some of the guys are now making it into the NFL from season one into well, mostly season one, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, I've I have twelve guys in the NFL that I've worked with mm-hmm. um, from East Mississippi, so that's not a new thing for me. I mean, every yeah. year I get you know usually at least one player that is somehow um, on a team, and so yeah. it's always exciting for all of them. Um, it's you know, I, I guess the fans get all excited about it because they they know the players from last year U, but I'm mm-hmm. um, very excited for John his opportunity with the Bears and then CJ Rivas was another season one guy that um, is, was a free agent signee with Jacksonville Jaguars I believe mm-hmm. and then I think we had a third I can't I'm losing my mind at the moment but yeah we had several from season one season two guys haven't really they're still playing so yeah. um, most of them are in their senior, will be playing their senior year of, on their college teams this year um, DeAndre I believe has two more years so we'll Still have him at Florida Atlantic for a little bit longer, but I, you know I love watching them all be successful at whatever they
0: choose to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say John Franklin's uh, journey been crazy since he went to Florida State, then Mississippi, then Mississippi, then Auburn as a quarterback, then wide receiver as at Florida Atlantic, and now he signed with Chicago as a defensive player. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm ready for him to just, like, I, I want peace for him. Like, I want him to just, you know, like, for it to work. And um, I really hope that this is the opportunity, you know, that he wants and that it all works out for him. It seems like he's really enjoying it and really enjoying Chicago and that he is fitting in well um, with the team. So he's def- he's a hard worker. He's a phenomenal athlete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, so I'm just hoping that they play to his strengths and, and he gets a shot.
0: So, Last Chance to Season 3 is coming out next week, uh, July 20th, and it's not featuring East Mississippi, as we know, and it's featuring Independence, uh, Kansas. So, are you going to watch that?
1: it i'm not gonna watch it the next week uh, Good. i you know i'll be on a little vacation with with my best friends during this time and i'm, not, I'm just i'm not gonna i'm gonna try to not buy into the hype right off the bat um I, you know I, I will definitely sit down and watch it at some point it, it may take me a while it's it's different it's hard and it's kind of different when You know, you were on something and you started it, kind of, like you were in that beginning group and um, really had a hand in making it successful and and to sit back and watch it as a bystander I think is going to be a little different for me, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force myself to do it, Um, you know, I'm just going to ease myself into it when I'm ready, I'll watch it, and um,
0: yeah. Gotcha. So, were you disappointed that East Mississippi wasn't on the third season, even though you weren't going to be on it regardless? Um, no,
1: I mean, I kind of knew, you know, when I decided to leave, there was already, there was kind of conversation around me deciding to leave and and that kind of sparked conversation of them leaving. And so I kind of knew, you know, I knew early on that they probably weren't going back there. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I I don't know what they would have like. I know everyone loves East Mississippi and everyone loved the characters, but I mean, you know, those characters are gone and, you know, I don't know, I think, I think it was kind of wise of them to get a, kind of move the show in a different direction. I don't know what they would have kept getting at East Mississippi if they had stayed. Um, You know, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the fans' reactions because I think you do fall in love with the characters and the place Mm -hmm. and then to move it, you know, I think that, that can be tough and so... It'll be interesting next week to see what, what the fans say and the reaction. And, um, you know, um, I'm excited to kind of see what what everyone thinks.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what about has anybody from Independence reached out to you seeking, like, advice about the show before, like, they started filming and stuff like that? <laughs> Yeah,
1: I had a very long conversation, like, hours,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> a couple of hours back when when Netflix was still trying to decide. Netflix had narrowed it down, I think, to, like, three or four schools that they were trying to decide between, um, and Independence had made that final list, and at that point, their athletic director, who is a female... Reached out to me, and we had a very long conversation, hours conversation. She had very um, some some great questions for me, and then I just provided some insight for her. Um, And it was a a great conversation, long, lengthy, very in detailed, you know, very honest. Um, And because I think at the same time, like. You know the show's out there and, and other schools can look at maybe what it helped east mississippi with
0: mm-hmm.
1: the success of the show how it helped east mississippi but i think there are also some ways that maybe it has hurt east mississippi and so i think you know there are other schools that were in that running i think you know they were smart to not just be like all in and to say like wait a minute you know how do we prepare ourselves for this number one number two is this a smart move And, you know, she had some questions in that manner of, you know, how do we prepare ourselves and then what's the downfall going to be? Like, what are the, you know, could this ruin us (laughs) basically, you know, as an institution? And so I just, you know, I I just tried to be really honest with her about what they were getting themselves into. And um, obviously it's a, it's every experience is going to be unique and there's going to be differences just because of location and school and personalities and all that. So I'm not going to pretend to be all knowing at, you know, what they were walking into, but um, yeah, I, I definitely tried to provide insight and help. And um, I haven't heard from them since um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard from them since they've been selected and since they filmed. So I don't know. I don't know how it all went, but,
0: mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Gotcha. And do you think uh, like a last chance U series could work with any other sports besides football? Um. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think it could, I think, you know, I, well, and, and there's another series on HBO. I think that All or Nothing mm-hmm. series on HBO. You know, they started in the NFL, then they went to college football, then they tried they went to like a soccer team, and then they went back to the NFL. And I don't know. I don't think that show is hugely successful or mm-hmm. or popular. That popular, really. I haven't watched it, so I don't know how good it is. But and and I that may be why they're not as popular. Is they're they're jumping around a little bit too much. I think once you find a niche. And, and and once the fans buy in, I don't know that it's smart to to take that same show and start playing with it. I think I think the niche and the fan is that it's junior college. It's that type. I think it's you know junior college athletes. It's a different type of athlete. It's a different type of football player. And a lot of the allure, I think, is that there are these Division One transfers. You know, the, there are these fall down stories, and then they get back up. And and I think that's what the fans are. Really love. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, there's not as much of that in other sports. You know, you don't, yeah. there's not as many drop downs for two, four transfers in other sports as there are in football. So I don't know that it would work. I, I, I don't know that they should mess with it. I think they found something and they should just keep, keep riding. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So since you left East Mississippi, you started your own company, 10,000 Pencils. So could you tell us a little about that?
1: Sure. <laughs> was doing, um, I just knew that it was time for me to leave East Mississippi, I had this new platform, I kind of had this this new audience, and um, and I really felt the internal pull to take advantage of it, to, to just go for it, um, and so I left, and I had no clue what I was doing, <laughs> and I still don't, a lot of days, but I, I just went for it, and so I started this company, and I started it with kind of one... Vision or goal, and it's kind of morphed. It's just been interesting how it's kind of changed itself. Um, so now, Ten Thousand Pencils is really a, a consulting organization. I work. Ten Thousand Pencils is working mostly with adults. So mm-hmm. I'm finding a lot of administrators, teachers, counselors. They are fans of the show and fans of mine because it's what they do every day. You know, it's they, they see themselves in me. And so I get a lot of phone calls to work with or speak to. They do a lot of motivational speaking engagements. Um, But I I work with these administrators, counselors, teachers on maybe how to be more effective um, with these types of students. I also do a lot of just motivating, like how how to motivate yourself to be the best you can be every day in dealing with these types of students day in and day out. Um, Because it is a very... um, thankless job and it is a a lot of giving without necessarily receiving anything back so i think it takes a special person to do it and it takes kind of a special mentality to continue to do it and so i work a lot Ten Thousand pencils works a lot with the adults um like i said we also have a speaking tour component of it so i do a lot of speaking events Mm -hmm. which i love doing because that just provides me the opportunity to meet meet the fans and meet people all over the country Um, So that's really what 10,000 Pencils has morphed into. And then I I wanted to try to get back to working with the athletes in some capacity. So we started Last Chance Foundation, which is a foundation that basically scholarships um, high school seniors, uh, football players only right now, but high school senior football players into into my program so um, this year we're only taking on four but we're going to take on four high school senior football players that that I will work with one on one, and um, hire people and train them to work with them as well. So we're starting small with just four to kind of figure it out, figure the kinks out, and then we'll grow it from there. And hopefully, the vision is to hire counselors all over the country that I train, and yeah. um, and then we have athletes all over the country that are working with these individuals.
0: Gotcha. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to do with Ten Thousand Pencils, and it just. It just kind of morphed into two separate businesses. So yeah. um, I didn't realize there was going to be so much of the adult. I, I didn't realize that so many teachers, counselors, administrators were going to want um, want my input or want my consulting, want my advice. Um, so that's kind of what 10,000 Pencils has turned into, and then we've created the others for the athletes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of administrators and stuff like that, they just uh – Sometimes I don't know how to talk to people regularly, and I just think you gotta talk to them at their level and not just it, think you're better than them.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to meet people where they're at, and um, you know, I think I think we we in education we seem to be doing what we've always done. You know, we have a hundred, we, a hundred year old education system that we're just not really we're not really changing for the generations, and you know, I think that there we can really improve and change education if we if we would look at. You know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and is it effective? Um, yeah. And then if the answer is no, then I think we need to change it. And um, it's exciting to see so many other, so many administrators and schools across the country that are really buying into that now, and, and are buying into kind of my message and um, caring about the whole person and not just not just the data.
0: Yeah. For sure. So you said uh, you do a lot of public speaking events. So where have you been and what's been your favorite spot to go to? Oh my gosh. I've
1: been everywhere. I feel like I've been um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Phoenix, Arizona, um, I just left Dallas, Texas, I've been to Detroit, Michigan, I've been all the way up to South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, I'm, down, I'm going down to Florida, South Florida next couple weeks, so I, I feel like I have literally been everywhere, it's been great to kind of tour the country this way, I'm getting yeah. to see a lot of places that I haven't seen before, um, which is fine. I don't know. You know, I've had a lot of great experiences and great events. Um, I I really kind of fell in love with Detroit. I fell in love with the school that I was working with there. Um, Same thing for a school I was working with in Philadelphia. I just really fell in love with that school and those students too. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say my best trip, probably not the flight, because my flight got all messed up and my luggage got lost, but minus (laughs) minus the travel issues. um, This Dallas trip that I just took, was phenomenal. I spoke at a conference called Educate Texas in Dallas, Texas. There were 800 um, teachers, counselors, and administrators in the room, and I was the keynote speaker, which, I mean, it was just an, to stand on that stage and look out at 800 teachers listening to what I had to say was a amazing and humbling experience. Um, and then I did two smaller breakout sessions for them where I really... Really dived into some specific stuff, you know, to to try to help them with this next school year. It was great to see, to hear their stories and see them. Um, Dakota Allen's middle school teacher was actually at the conference. So she came up afterwards and we cried, you know, over the fact that here she was at this conference I was speaking at and we both knew and loved Dakota. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had the opportunity, which was an amazing opportunity, to tour. Um, I had a private tour of the star practice facility for the Cowboys yeah. and got I spent the whole day there and just got. Was, I mean it was amazing to learn about their organization and the, um, the things that they do for their players and then I got a tour of AT&T Stadium and I got to go to a Rangers game and so it was just fun to be in Dallas and get to kind of work but then enjoy I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan so yeah. it, was, it was an amazing experience for me just as on a personal note to get to do that as well
0: yeah, did you meet Jer- Jerry Jones?
1: I did not meet Jerry Jones. Um, I got to sit in the perch though, which is his little private um, he has a they ha- his family has the Jones like luxury yeah. suite at the stadium, but then he has a private little perch, and it's only ten people can sit in there. Um, it's usually just him and his sons um, mm-hmm. that are in there, and they'll watch part of the game from that from that perch. I got to sit in the perch, which was super cool. and but I did not I did not meet him. He was not there. They were kind of on vacation. They were in they're in between. Um, the rookies had not re- were had not reported yet. They, mm-hmm. and so they were kind of like in between, kind of on a little break. So I think everyone was pretty much gone when I was there, but yeah. it was great.
0: Have you been um, speaking more at high schools or colleges or conferences or just everywhere?
1: It has been everywhere. It's been a nice um, variety. I've done a lot of high schools. I've done. I have also done a lot of colleges, um, which has been fun. I love doing the colleges. I've done junior colleges, which I love. Yeah. Um, and then I've done, I've started to, just recently started to kind of break into the corporate world. So, um, I've done an event for Coca-Cola. I spoke to a, Coca-Cola had me in to do a motivating session for their employees. Um, I've done a social worker event, event for social workers across the state of Mississippi. I'm doing a big banking event in a couple weeks. Um, I'm, I'm going actually leave tomorrow to do a event down in Mississippi that is for all the. Uh, administrators and superintendents of the state of mississippi i'll be the keynote for that so yeah it's, it's interesting when you get a call from you know like coca-cola wanting yeah. you to come speak you know you're like well what do you what do you want me to say <laughs> you know i mean why coca-cola like why yeah. are you calling me um but you know i mean i think the message of the show and the things that i think it's a universal message and um you know relationship building is, is something that needs to be done across the board no matter what you're doing. And and so I think it it is interesting when I get those calls, but but it never fails. I mean, every time I go and do an event like that, I leave thinking, like, yeah, that was good. You know, that was good.
0: So um,
1: Coke was fun. Coca-Cola was fun.
0: Have you been invited to any commencement speeches yet?
1: I haven't, which I find interesting. I kind of thought that that's what I would be doing a lot of. And I haven't. I don't know. I'm probably not educated enough. You know, they always like these very prestigious educated people to speak at graduation events. So I'm probably, (laughs) probably too, too Southern and like not smart enough.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. What about, uh, so you, so you also have your own podcast, uh, sharpen up, uh, what kind of subjects are you talking about on there? You know, I'm
1: kind of all over the place. That's been really fun. I never thought that I would do that ever. Um, and when the company approached me about doing it i i mean i was like what what am i gonna talk about um it's been really fun it's also been really challenging i will say that um i think the most challenging thing is actually coming up with topics that i think people want to hear and um just coming up with like what what i'm gonna do what the show is gonna be um So we we are actually at the end. I've got one more episode. I have not been consistent with it here lately, which is my fault and my bad. But it's hard to get it done every week. Um, But I have one more episode. I'm going to do a final episode for season one. And then that will wrap up season one of the podcast. Um, And and we're just kind of going to sit. I'm not sure when we'll kick off season two. Maybe around football season, or, or we may wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not real sure. We're just try- trying to kind of wait it out and see what happens with season three of the show and then um, see where we need to go from there. But it's been really fun. We've talked about football, we've talked about relationships, we've talked a, a lot of psychology, um, some education issues. We also had Drew Jabera, who is the writer for the GQ magazine, that article Mm -hmm. that kind of sparked Last Chance U. We had him on just kind of discussing Last Chance U. I think that was our highest rated show. Mm -hmm. Um, We had John Franklin on, so Lane Kiffin. Um, We've touched on a a couple kind of hot topics. I don't want to get all controversial. I did touch on the LeBron James shut up and dribble thing. Um, So we've done a couple controversial issues, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's kind of been all over the place. But people are listening, so I guess they like all over the place. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? A, a wide variety of uh, subjects.
1: Yeah, and you know, I have a wide variety of fans.
0: Yeah, um, true. You know,
1: when we were talking about the podcast, that was one of the things, the company that I work with... They were kind of floored when I started running my demographics of like who my fans were because it's all over the place. I mean, it's it's not just men; it's men, it's women. It's not just college students; it's college students and teachers and adults. I mean, it's my range is like from eighteen to fifty something, and it's it's you know it's all over the country. It's all there. I have fans in other countries because Netflix obviously is worldwide. So it's really hard to like pinpoint a niche um you know my my demographics are just they're just not they're not very tight because i just have all kinds of fans which i think is great but it's hard to do a show when you can't pinpoint who your audience is
0: true i guess you gotta take the good with the bad
1: yeah oh yeah i love it
0: so what about have you ever thought about uh vlogging
1: um i've thought about it for like five minutes i (laughs) really hard to keep all of that up and yeah. current i mean You know, we developed a website a year ago, and already, like, I need to do another one. I mean, my website probably at this point needs to be stretched and started, you know, we need to start over. It's not updated. Like, I don't add stuff to it like I should. I can't do, I'm not technologically savvy, so I can't do all that. I really need somebody, I need to hire somebody that just does all of my stuff like that for me. Um, You know, I I got asked by a fan um, who had a blog to do a guest blog for her website. And that was the first time I had really done it. And I was stressed out about it. You know, what am I going to say? What if my writing isn't correct? My, you know, my punctuation and, yeah. and all this. And um, and then I just wrote. Like, I just did it. And mm-hmm. after I did it, I felt so fulfilled and, like, inspired by it. And I felt really good about it. And um, that was – then after that, I thought, okay, I'm going to do a blog on my website. And I'll blog about my trips and who I meet and my experiences as I travel. Yeah and that didn't happen (laughs) because it just takes time and I just feel like you know there are a lot of days where I just don't I don't have the time like I have to prioritize and that just hasn't made the list
0: yeah I totally understand I, I got a lot of ideas in my head I haven't written or recorded or whatnot. yeah it's tough to get it all done like, even like, I, I did some blogs on like, because people always ask me, like, how'd you meet this person? How'd you meet the, that person? Blah, blah, blah. So, I sometimes I do like, I do it as like a throwback Thursday blog, and I say, like, how I met so and so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Right. I should,
1: I really should blog about my trips because. Yeah.
0: You know, they're amazing. I meet
1: amazing people, and sometimes hilarious things happen, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just funny things. I mean, it's just sometimes it's, and and for one reason, I don't want to forget. Like, I don't want to forget my experiences, so I need to really write them down. But even things of just being in an airport, you know, and you're just sitting at an airport, and like that moment where you kind of forget you're famous, and like you think you're just, you know, I'm just sitting at an airport like a normal person, and then. So you know someone will recognize you and scream from across the airport and run at you and you're like wait what's happening
0: <laughs>
1: so it's just you know there's just always funny stuff that happens and um i should write it down
0: yeah, maybe definitely. i'll start doing that yeah i used to actually write down what i did like every day oh
1: uh, yeah
0: <laughs> just like a little snippet just to remember what i did that day
1: that's a yeah that's a good idea i mean I really... There's been so many experiences the last two years and I've already... You just start forgetting stuff. You know, yeah. like you are... I'm already starting to forget experiences and people and like... Mm-hmm. And that's not good. You know, You, I need to really remember all of this because it's been an amazing experience.
0: Gotcha. All right, one, one question and then I got some fun questions. Okay. So what are your future goals and do you have any future projects in the work? Oh
1: my gosh. I have so many. Actually, my to-do list right now
0: Right I will actually
1: read it to you. It's it's my second item on my to-do list is to write out my plan <laughs> <laughs> because I have all these ideas and I have all these sheets of paper with like my goals and my ideas and I'm like, I am, I'm going to get a poster board out and I'm fixing to put all of this out on one paper. Yeah, for the future, I mean, I... You know, 10,000 Pencils is going great. The consulting and speaking engagements are going great. I really don't know that a whole lot needs to be tweaked on that. Um, I really want to get Last Chance Foundation up and going really, really well. I mean, my mm. goal for the future of that is to for it to explode. I mean, honestly, like I want a building with, you know, that, that I have an office in and I want to have employees and I want to have counselors all over the country that kind of go through this counselor training program where we're training them. And then I want to have athletes all over the country that we're working with and helping Free of charge to them. Uh, that we're honestly just doing good work, and we're not expecting anything in return. There's no strings attached for these athletes. Um, and I, you know, I want us to see the fruits of our labor four, five, six years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really my goal and vision for that. I. Um, you know, I want to get my website up and my website fixed and really kind of have a way for fans and people who benefit from what I'm doing to connect with me better. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, they don't, other than just emailing me, there's not a great way for people to connect with me and um, I want to be able to connect with those people that are supporting me in a better way. Um, Merchandising is kind of on the list. There's, um, I am in the middle of negotiating a TV contract with Um, a certain celebrity that I can't really mention right now, but um for a scripted tv show that is hopefully um going to be done about me in the near future so all of that is going on um uh you know there's just a lot a lot of ideas after being with the cowboys for a day um there's kind of been some some ideas floating around about me starting to work maybe with some nfl rookies and so you know that's out there and there's just there's there's a lot of stuff that i a big plan and a lot of goals for the future
0: gotcha so oh actually i a random question. How did you come up with the name 10,000 Pencils?
1: You know, the show. I mean, do you have a pencil line? Everybody, that was kind of the the thing that my brand, I guess, the thing that stuck with me. And I I had read a book, um, Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talked about 10,000 hours of effort. Mm -hmm. You know, my thing was 10,000 Pencils, and I really felt like 10,000 Pencils was symbolic of of the athletes that I've worked with mm-hmm. along the way, um, and then also like the the hours of effort. I mean, the the every you know, I look at pencils as kind of symbolic of opportunity, symbolic of effort, and it you know it, it takes a lot of opportunity and a lot of effort. It takes taking advantage of opportunity in order to create your path and your outcome. And I just kind of pencils was my thing, and I tied that in with the ten thousand hours of effort. Drew Jabera actually was the one that came up with it. We, we, we tossed around ideas and he was the one that actually kind of finalized like the whole 10,000 pencils thing. And then we, passed, you know, we did the 10K piece for, uh, mm-hmm. to make it shorter and yeah. It just kind of developed over time, but the fans of the show were the ones that really started the whole pencil thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, How many pencils did you give out?
1: <laughs> I, re- I have received over 4,000 pencils from fans all over the world. Um, I've given most of them away. They're just normal, like, yellow pencils. Um, I've given most of them away. I would love to get my own, like, pencil line. I think right. that would be fun. Um and now I'm doing a thing. When I go speak, I do a whole speech about where I talk about rubber bands and I talk about the power of positive thinking and changing your thoughts, changing yeah. you know, changing your attitudes. And so I wear a rubber band around my wrist, and every time that I get into a negative mindset or I I pop myself with that rubber band, mm-hmm. and when I invoke physical pain on myself, then I will quickly make my you know I'll, that'll remind me change your thought, change it now. And so I do. I kind of give that speech um, to certain groups. And so now I've been asked if I have rubber bands or so that have like a motivational message. So I'm thinking about that. I'm like, okay, I need to. I need to get some rubber bands and put some, you know, encouraging words on them, and, and maybe start handing those out at these conferences or. Um, so yeah, pencils and rubber bands. I
0: guess will be my thing. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I was, just, I was just listening to the your last podcast about that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: people, I get asked all the time now. Like, do you have any rubber bands so, that I can that I can buy or whatever? I'm so like, it's not it's not that no, you have a pencil I anymore. <laughs> I need pencils and rubber bands. <laughs> so,
0: so no. Uh, what about no? Like pencil brands reach out to you, like collab or something?
1: No, which I find so weird because, you know, you don't – which you don't see a lot of pencil marketing. I guess pencil companies don't really (laughs) feel the need to market themselves maybe. But um, I I find it so strange that I haven't been reached out to by um, Ticonderoga or any pencil company, Vic. Um, I have actually reached out to – I've had people on my behalf and I have actually reached out to them. Um, mm-hmm. it's my understanding that Lee Corso is a founder or, a, or on the board or something of one of the big pencil companies and so I thought okay there's my tie in um, but no I haven't I mean I think we could get a huge pencil thing going um, yeah. just the, you know the, the rebirth of pencils uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that
1: I could leave the charge on but I have not been contacted
0: yeah you gotta get on a pencil commercial too exactly <laughs> I, I am with you yeah, actually, well, oh, Bic is right here where I'm at in Connecticut. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they must, be, they must not have Netflix. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're
0: missing an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How do you uh, feel about social media?
1: Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, I, you know, I I was not a big social media person before the show, and that was a conversation that Netflix had with me. Um, right before the show came out, they had a PR person that sat down with me and was like, okay, we need to discuss our social media. And I just didn't really have, I didn't do a whole lot on it. All my accounts were private. I just wasn't a big, I'm not a big phone person in general. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wasn't a big social media person. And obviously now that has changed. Um, I I think it is beneficial in a lot of ways I, I love that it connects people from all over I think that is special unique and a fantastic thing that I can be connected with someone who I've never met you know all the way in Wisconsin through this app on my phone I think that's amazing and I love that i also think though that just like anything we have become consumed with it and it's starting to i think it's starting to negatively affect young people Mm -hmm. um they're they're valuing themselves and like their self-worth on how many likes they get or how many followers they have and i think when when you start, just like anything, you know, too much. There's too much of it. It's a bad, bad thing. And so I think again, we need to maybe step back and find some balance in with social media, um, yeah. because it's a little scary, you know, that what it could become if we don't
0: check ourselves. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I got a, a semi-political question for you. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. So do you think college athletes should get paid, or do you think the scholarship is good enough if they get one? Um,
1: Yeah, no, I don't think the scholarships are good enough. I do think that we should figure out a way to compensate them in some way.
0: Um,
1: You know, I think the days of the scholarship being enough are over. Mm -hmm. I think college football, especially and men's basketball, have exploded to a level that was maybe not planned for. And there's it's. You know, it's it's all about the money and the TV contracts, and I think the athletes are the ones that are losing out yeah. on, on the deal these days, and I don't think that's fair. I think that there are a lot of people with a lot of degrees who are very smart and intelligent, sitting behind decision-making tables within the NCAA, and I think they can figure it out if they wanted to. Um, I don't think they want to because it takes the money away from them, which I think is wrong.
0: Yeah, but do you think, like, all levels should get paid. Um, you know, I I do.
1: I think that that's a tough thing to figure out, and I, I do understand the dilemma. And if you're gonna pay, um, you know, Jameis Winston, how do you, you know based on his his success or his jersey sale How do you pay this softball player over here who you know? I, I get I get the dilemma in that. Yeah. I but I, there has to be a solution. Somewhere that is better than what we're doing now. Now, I don't know that the solution we find today will be the end-all, be-all, greatest solution. But I think you have, like, we can take baby steps until we do find the answer. Mm-hmm. I think anything is better than what we're doing now. Um, yeah, you know, for, sure. to, for to me, when you have a player who I don't know, I, I can't even pick a name, but you, you have a player who's maybe from. You know Texas, and he's playing in Florida, and he's the quarterback, and he's driving your team, and you know you're selling his jersey in the bookstore for ninety dollars a pop, and you're selling out your ninety thousand dollar stadium, ninety thousand seat stadium, basically because he's winning, and his parents can't afford to come to his game,
0: yeah,
1: and we can't fly them in you have a problem that's a problem like that is not that is not okay you know or when this kid can't pay his rent or he's not eating three meals a day or he's not getting the support mentally emotionally that he psychologically that he should get as a human being that's wrong there's a problem there and I just – I don't know how people who are not invested in fixing the problem can live with themselves because, to me, that is just – it's just wrong on every level.
0: Yeah. Do you know who LeVar Ball is?
1: I know the name.
0: Yeah. So he, he just started his own basketball league for, um, I guess, high schooler. I think it's 17 to 19-year-olds, so they don't have to go to college and they'll get paid to play in that league instead of going to college for one year.
1: There's a football league starting
0: up that's going to yeah.
1: do this, a similar thing. So, I think people are starting to test yeah. the NCAA and these professional organizations, which I'm all for. Like, let's, it's, let's do something. I
0: mean, yeah. it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think in general, uh, like, probably within the next, like, 50 years, like, colleges are going to decrease. Like, I think colleges you know, are going to shut down. Yeah, and I don't know that I love that. I mean, I think yeah. that, you know, education is important, and I do think that college athletics
1: started out... It was a balance, you know, it was a way for people maybe to go to college that couldn't afford to go to otherwise, and they were getting two things out of it. They were getting a great education and they were able to play their sport. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, I don't know that I want the education to be completely taken out of it, but, we, but we've we gotten to the point where we're not valuing the education and we're using the player, and, yeah. and, and then, but then we're saying, but they're getting an education. But are they? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I, and so I think, you know, I think there's got to be a different solution, and I, I want education to be a part of the solution, but I, we can't just stand there with our arms crossed, you know, doing what we've always done and thinking that it's okay when somebody is making millions of dollars off of these players whose parents can't even watch them play. Yeah. Um, it, we just have to fix it and
0: yeah yeah definitely and, and it's also crazy that the coach that they're playing for is most likely a millionaire
1: yeah you know yeah I mean coaches contracts are a little out of control yeah. um, it seems like administrators athletic directors now aren't they have no power or control they're just working for the coach and mm-hmm. um. you know I, yeah I mean it it's a lot to fix, but it's fixable. I think it has to start from the top, and mm-hmm. somebody has to say enough nope, is enough. We're not doing this anymore. And when that person, you know, whoever that brave soul is, I will stand behind them. Maybe
0: it'll be, maybe it'll be you, at the, and you go to the NCAA office. Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, I think that's all the questions I got. No, thanks. That's uh, awesome. Thank you i want to i appreciate you coming on the show and if you want to tell people where they could find you on social media my
1: twitter and instagram handle are the same so it's at britney underscore ms girl ms is in mississippi yeah. so at britney underscore ms girl is my twitter and instagram following name and then i have a facebook fan page i also have a website got gotcha thank you thank you